This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. All right, so welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host today, Carrie Borkowski, and this is another installment of those shorts or minisodes that we've been working on. I hope you've been enjoying um, the other episodes of season two thus far. And I just wanted to sort of piggyback on some things that came up in, in particular, I was listening back to the, one of the leadership, we had, I think we had a conversation or I had a conversation with um, Danielle Scarano and Carrie Miller with respect to sort of leadership in the pandemic. And we had a great conversation. If you haven't had a chance, go back and check that one out. And we talked a lot about different sorts of skills. And as I was preparing for this short, I came across an article that was related to that conversation. And it was about, you know, Danielle had mentioned, and I think even Carrie had mentioned sort of this, this tricky paradox of, for leaders, which is that, you know, the literature suggests, and, you know, sort of anecdotal evidence also suggests that being able to enter a space, an individual entering a space, a meeting, a project, um, with either a beginner mindset or that learning attitude, right? So Danielle likes to remind us of, of being curious. It's a paradox for leaders often because, you know, sometimes leaders are appointed for a particular set of expertise. And so how is it that you're able to hold that beginner or learning identity with that, you know, perception or reality of expertise? It can be tricky, and so I was reading an article and scrolling my LinkedIn account the other day, and this article popped up about, you know, imposter syndrome. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting, because I'm always interested in, imposters, in, in imposter syndrome for lots of reasons. You know, one, I feel imposter syndrome often, and my students also report how they're feeling. They may not say imposter syndrome, but they definitely describe those feelings of feeling like, Um, fraudulent or why does someone think I might have that expertise, right? Those notions of of feeling that imposter syndrome. And the article um, was about using imposter syndrome to your benefit. It was uh, Peter Rubenstein. It was, like I said, a 2021 article, um, The Hidden Upside of Imposter Syndrome. And so he talks about this notion of the imposter cycle that imposters not to anybody's surprise who's listening have perfectionist tendencies you know they want to be the very best um and they you know sometimes i say they really we (laughs) we want to we want to be the very best and 
often that is accompanied by feelings of being overwhelmed, disappointed, and they worry a lot about being failures, right? The other thing that happens with these perfectionists or with with me also is that uh, we worry a lot about feeling like frauds. So we're asked to do something, we're working on something, whether it's a project, a paper, teaching a class, doing a professional learning session or workshop or, um, or anything, you know, related to our profession and our roles. And we have those moments of, oh, am I right? Am I the right person? Are people really going to believe what I have to say? And, and you start feeling like a fraud. And so he goes on, you know, to talk about that, that imposter syndrome definition, the cycle. And he also interestingly shared that there was some research done. There was a, a report, I'm trying to find the woman's name, uh, let's see if I can find her. It was a it looks like it was a report in the Jur- Journal of Behavioral Science that you know seventy percent of people are affected by imposter syndrome at some point in your in your life. So you know the majority of us feel this. Interestingly, in the report that this um, woman wrote, um, Tufik is her name T E W F I K. I'm probably not saying that right, and I, I apologize. What she found is that even when individuals who report feeling imposter syndrome and feeling fraudulent, that it actually shows that not again, not to anybody's surprise that those, those individuals reporting imposter syndrome actually perform at similar levels to their colleagues, um, you know, in their, in terms of their competence. So even though, you know, individuals with imposter syndrome feel these things, they're still able to perform well. Interestingly enough, she noted some interesting benefits that came with imposter syndrome, and that's what leads me to the podcast today. So, because I honestly had never thought about the benefits of imposter syndrome, because it can be, as as I know many of you know, it can feel paralyzing in those moments of uh, you know panic and worrying and the anxiety around. You know, why are they trusting me with this? Is anybody going to read this? Or is anybody going to believe me? I'm not the one who should be doing this work. And what she goes on to say is that in her research, she also realized and noticed that these individuals who reported feeling imposter syndrome were also more empathetic, they were better listeners, and they asked better questions. Moreover, she talked about how in her observations, so she was working with, I believe, medical students, and she was noticing in their sort of clinical work that they were able to hold eye contact longer, they leaned into conversations, and were really able to listen to their patients and their clients, and then also echo back, right, and be more attuned to what their patients were describing. So it made me think about my grandmother, whom, again, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, um, Sarah Downey was really the inspiration and and reason for me finally leaping into the podcast sort of genre. And I thought about her, and she never said, and I would never have thought that she had imposter syndrome, but she had this way about her where she, um, for as... As, as wonderful and smart and, you know, intelligent and street smart as she was, she sort of had this deprecating way about her that she, you know, even when we were playing golf and she was doing really well or talking about 
different topics, whether it was politics, religion, or otherwise. She always gave you a sense that, you know, well, she's not the expert, so this is just her opinion or her perspective. And so what I appreciated was that our ability to sort of lean into and be okay with being a learner and being and having a beginner mindset and being willing to sort of take in the opinions and ideas of others, right? And yes, at times we feel fraudulent, so it goes to that extreme where we feel imposter syndrome. There is actually an upside to that. I think for me, you can only leverage that upside if you're willing to admit that you have imposter syndrome. And there is the rub for me, Um, which I'm not sure that, that this article talks about that too much. I mean, at the end, he does say, you know, this idea of embracing self-doubt, right? So you can't just be an imposter and experience the benefits of being an imposter. Like everything that we've talked about on this podcast, there has to be intentionality with, with those actions. And so what I mean by that is, you know, we can all get caught in the spiral of imposter syndrome, the swirling of the anxiety, the worry, the nervousness. And as I said, it is paralyzing. If we can figure out, however, a way to pause, to take a breath, to take a moment and give ourselves permission to say out loud that I'm feeling that, right? To say out loud that this is making me nervous, to say out loud that I have self-doubt and to be okay with that, right? Like no one is asking you to go into any situation 100% confident. I'm not sure that's possible or realistic. It's certainly not practical. So your ability, our ability to own, to notice, name, and own that imposter syndrome may lead to those benefits that this author is speaking about. We're able to be more empathetic. Why? Well, because we're fully aware that we have similar feelings, that everybody is carrying around something, right? Everybody is walking through the world with something weighing on their shoulders. And we have to remember that when we enter into spaces. And the fact that we're also carrying something makes it possible for us to be empathetic. We ask better questions. Well, if you have imposter syndrome and you're feeling like maybe you don't have all the answers, well, two things in my mind could be happening and probably more things, but two things come to mind immediately. One, you're recognizing that everybody has a story just like you do. And so maybe you want to ask a question, a really good question to learn more about that story, to really lean in and hear what's going on with that person. The other thing that happens when you have imposter syndrome and you admit it is it's way easier to be curious. It's way easier to be investigative and to lean in and to examine and to inquire. And so you're motivated to ask better questions because you really want to know. You want to learn because right now you don't think you have the answers, right? So it's about learning someone's story because you want, you know, you want to hear their story and their struggle and their successes. And you're a learner. You don't come in with any sort of notion that you are the expert. Remember, you have that imposter syndrome. And along with empathy and asking better questions, you have to learn to be an active listener. You have to learn. It requires you to really lean in 
to pay attention, to check in with the person or the group with whom you're speaking, to check in to see if you're hearing them correctly and to have them recalibrate if you're not, right? So it's it's this ability to, to be in the space with someone, to be empathetic, to ask curious questions and learn and understand better, to listen really carefully. And overall, what are you doing? Well, you're leaning into you know, your own inadequacy or your perceived inadequacy and just leaning into the moment and being present in that moment. And, you know, what else do we have really to give each other but time? We can all give a little bit of time to one another to lean in and listen and learn and to hear our stories. And so when you're feeling that imposter syndrome, regardless of the situation, whether you are in fifth grade worried that, you know, you're not good enough or smart enough to be doing this presentation or you're a seasoned leader at a university getting ready to give a pitch to your funders and you're feeling that imposter syndrome or you're a new doctoral student or a new employee working on a or or an experienced employee working on a new project whenever that imposter syndrome creeps up give yourself some grace and find a way to remember that there are benefits in having these feelings and that if you pay attention and are intentional about noticing, naming, and owning those moments, you might just find that you're able to leverage them into empathy and inquiry and active listening. And boy, couldn't we all benefit from a little bit more of that these days. All right, so I hope you will check out. It is called The Hidden Upside of Imposter Syndrome, uh, Peter Rubenstein. It's from, it looks like it's the bbc.com, um, the work-life section. It's, it's available online if you're interested. So I hope you enjoyed this little, little short and my interpretation of this article and thoughts. And as always, please stay safe. Keep wearing those masks even when you're vaccinated and be well. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. So sincere Under the glaciers Your last year Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.